Lord, as humble servants of the Most High God, filled with your Spirit, Father, dedicated to your Word. And Father, we thank you that you'll speak to us and grant revelation and insight wisdom to our lives by your Spirit to us. We thank you, Father, that you will do that uh, because we ask you, Father, that's, that's one of the great ministries of the Spirit of God in our life to teach and to instruct and to deliver, Father. And so, Lord, we thank you for that ministry. And we give you the praise and the honor for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. Let's open up our, our Bibles to the book of Philippians. We'll continue there today. Uh, we, we have been on uh, Philippians chapter 3, verse 13 for a couple of three weeks here. And uh, I think verse 13 is such a, such a great verse here. And I'm going to read it just again. It says, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of, Christ, of God in Christ Jesus. So he wants to forget those things that are behind. He wants to reach forth unto those things which are before him uh, and press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And he says that's one thing that he does. Uh, and so it's kind of an all-encompassing all thing that he does there. Uh, but you, you, he starts out with the forgetting those things which are behind. Uh, and so... Um, we talked a lot about, about, uh, about that. It's, it's primarily talking about uh, forgiveness, but also it's, it's reminding ourselves that to forget those wonderful things that we've done in a sense of not reliving all the glory days. And I think I may have mentioned the story when Jared was in peewee football that uh, his coaches had been out of high school for 10, 15 years, but they were still, even in the, they, they had played together, and they were always rehashing about, you remember that game against such and such uh, high school uh, and it was real to them. And they, oh yeah, I remember that. You remember that one play? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, and, um, and and you know, there's nothing wrong with with reminiscing, but we can't live there, especially as Christians, especially when the Lord uses us in things. You know, and, uh, you know, we can tell a testimony, and it's great and wonderful, and it's a blessing to people. But you have to be careful about uh, what I call reading your own press, right? Where where wow, he's such a wonderful minister. Uh, and and many ministers over the years have fallen uh, under that. Uh, in that uh, fallen because of that uh, they start uh, reading their own press people tell them how wonderful they are and uh, eventually they start believing that and start telling people you know uh, everybody tells me I'm wonderful that makes that makes me wonderful uh, and um, I remember uh, uh, you know and sometimes I hesitate to tell this part of the story about my pastor but but uh, he's been gone now for uh, 15 years be 16 16 years this month actually he's been gone and one of the things that I observed about him that uh, I always felt like it became an issue in his life and ministry was where people had begun to tell him that he was the best pastor there ever was, best teacher there ever was, uh, and that there was no church nearly as good as his church. And, and, you know, the problem with that is if you're not careful, you start believing that. Uh, and he began to believe that, and he got to a point where uh, he actually stood up in the pulpit and says, you don't need to go anywhere else to get what you need for the Lord, from the Lord. You can get everything you need from me. Well, that's, that's demonstrably untrue, right? That's biblically, it's untrue because he gave us the fivefold ministry gifts, right? In Ephesians 4.11, the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. So technically it's impossible, but he said he gave us those five ministry gifts for the perfecting of the saints. So, you, so technically you can never be perfected unless you have those five ministry gifts operating in your life. And really what a pastor should do is, is should try to bring those ministry gifts into the church to, to impart things into the lives of people. 
knowing that as a pastor, I can never give you everything that you need, but I can bring people in that as a whole, you can get everything you need uh, from this ministry. But even that, you know, uh, it's still, if you're not reading your scriptures on your own, if you're not reading the Bible on your own, you're going to be limited, amen? Uh, and so you can never get everything you need from a single person. Uh, there, it's just biblically impossible to do that. Uh, and so, but he began to believe that. He began to believe that, uh, that he, there was no greater teacher than he was and that uh, the, the, his church was better than every other church in the world. Uh, and, uh, and, and it resulted in him having disdain and bitterness towards any other church that was bigger than his. Uh, and, and so, you know, the fruit of, of, that mis, uh, uh, of that poor doctrine in his heart uh, was that he started coming against other people and other ministries that had nothing to do with him, that hadn't done anything to him. But, but it really, a, a big seed of that was when people started whispering into his ear, Pastor, you're the best. You're, you're so, you're, you know more word than anybody else. You move in the Holy Ghost better than anybody else. And instead of immediately saying, get thee behind me, Satan, he may have done that once or twice, but eventually he started liking that. He started enjoying people telling him how wonderful he was. And part of it was because he grew up very kind of backwards and he grew up... Uh, feeling very inadequate as a, as a person because he skipped uh, and cheated his way through most of school, never felt like he was very intelligent, although he was very intelligent. In fact, I told him one time, I said, I said Pastor, your problem is not that, that you're dumb. I said, your, your problem is that you're ignorant. Now, that sounds like an, like, like an insult, right? But it's not really an insult because, you know, by that time we had, we had developed a good relationship. What I meant by that was he just skipped so much of school, he didn't learn anything, right? He didn't learn how to read, he didn't learn how to write, he didn't learn about science, he didn't learn about the earth or stars or the moon or anything. And, of course, I ate up all that stuff, and, and so uh, he, he missed most of those things. He couldn't read, really, at all when he graduated high school. And so, so he always felt kind of, he always felt uh, uh, like an imposter. You know, there, there's a, a psychological phrase called... Uh, the imposter syndrome. We always feel like you're not, you're inadequate in the job that you have. And he always felt that way because, in fact, he said that if a judge was, if he was preaching and a judge walked into the service and sat down and he knew it was a judge, he knew the judges there in the city, he would be so, he'd get so flustered because he was thinking the judge would be critiquing everything he said and, and judging him that he can't speak correctly and, and that he mispronounces words and that he doesn't form correct thoughts and sentences that he said he couldn't even, he, he would just have to stop. He couldn't even preach because, because his thoughts would attack him about what somebody going to think about him. Uh, and yet other areas of his life, he was fearless uh, and, and moved in the Holy Ghost in an amazing way. Uh, and yet because, because of, of what people had told him uh, about how wonderful he was, he started to believe that. Uh, and it became a major issue in his ministry in life and, and, and probably... I'm not the Lord, you know, but he left this earth way earlier than he should have. And I suspect that some of that uh, was because of him uh, believing his own press. And, and really, what, what, from a biblical standpoint, really what you're doing is you're receiving glory unto yourself that you're unworthy to receive. None of us are worthy to receive glory. And we should always reject any glory that's given to us. Amen. Uh, because it's a danger. It's a dangerous place to be uh, when people tell you how wonderful you are and, and you start believing that. Uh, now, you know, you don't have to, on the other side, tell you, you know, I'm sorry, I'm no count, I'm unworthy of the Lord, uh, but, I, but I'm unworthy to be worshipped, but I am worthy because the Lord may be worthy to receive his inheritance, amen? Uh, but I'm unworthy of any glory and accolades. And so, 
So you should always, you know, I, I don't have a problem with, with congratulating people or even commending people on good work. You know, Paul did that. The Lord Jesus did that. Uh, well done, thou good and faithful servant. There's nothing wrong with, with doing that, but you have to find in your heart, where, where, you, where do you go without crossing the line? And so like people would talk about Brother Hagin that he's a man of great faith. Uh, and he just said, I'm not a man of great faith. He said, I'm just a man that serves a great God. Uh, and so, uh, you know, and even around here, there's been once or twice when I, I just about had to shut things down or had to correct some things because people would say things like, well, the, you know, the pastor Chip, he, he, he helps us so much. He leads us and guides us in all truth. They actually said those words one time. And like, uh, that's really not my job. That's the job of the Holy Spirit, right? Isn't that what the Bible says? So, so if you start saying things and equating me to the Holy Spirit, uh, you, you know, you and I are going to have a conversation, right? Somebody's going somebody's to have a conversation somewhere. Because that's, you know, my job is to teach the word and to help perfect you. And to help, I, I don't, I'm not the only one to perfect you, but I'm, to, I'm, to, I'm a help to your perfection, to your maturity. Uh, but you will never be perfectly mature alone. Amen. Uh, what I teach, uh, and, uh, you know, I mean, I believe we teach the word here. But, uh, you know, there's only so much revelation that's, that will be given to me. Uh, in fact, you know, uh, we have talked about before, about really from the word of God, if you go back to Ephesians chapter 2 and Ephesians chapter 3, it talks about how the Lord gave the apostles and prophets revelation. He never says he gives any pastors revelation, but he gives them a revelation. But uh, when he's talking about that, he's really talking about the direction of the church, the whole church, not just the local church, but the whole church. <clears throat> and when the Lord introduces major doctrinal things into the church, and it's not that he's introducing new doctrine, but he, he's reviving existing doctrines that the church had forsaken or the church had gotten away from, he will, he will tend to do that through the ministries of the apostle and prophet. He will tend to not do that through the, the pastor, the evangelist, and the teacher. And so it's really the job of the, the pastor, evangelist, teachers to hear and listen uh, to the, the prophet's ministry and the apostle's ministry to find out where the church is going. Uh, and, you know, around here, uh, you know, we have made mention of this, but there have been many times when, when uh, Brother Randy will get up at the beginning of January, and we always like to go to the January meetings because oftentimes he'll tell us some things that the Lord has given to him for the year, uh, and uh, not that the Lord is constrained by years or dates, but, but we are. Uh, and so uh, oftentimes he'll, he will say the church as a whole needs to get back onto this particular doctrine and teach about this doctrine. And how many times have we been there when we have already been teaching in that same exact area for you know, months even uh, in some cases? Uh, and so that just shows that we're connected where we need to be connected, amen, that, that we're, we're finding out where the Lord wants to go, uh, and, we're, and we're getting that information from the prophet's ministry. And so, so we just have to be, be careful about that, amen. That, uh, uh, so if we had the most amazing service, as soon as it's over, it should be over, amen. Then we go on to the next service, because if we, if we, if we build an altar at that service from a week ago, a month ago, a year ago, Oh, you remember that great service? Oh, it was so wonderful, you know. And, and, and well, what about today? What about tomorrow? What about the next day? Amen. So, uh, so just be careful about that. Not, you know, again, uh, don't be so legalistic, you know. Well, don't talk about that. You know, if it was a really great service and it meant a lot to you, that's fine. Uh, so, but just make sure you don't cross the line. Well, where's the line? Well, the Spirit of God will show you the line. He'll show you that you've, you've crossed over into idolatry. Uh, and, you know, just for me personally, there were many years that I, I kind of worshipped my pastor. Just, you know, uh, well, if the pastor says it, you know, it, it's got to be God. Well, that's a terrible thing to say. 
because, you know, he's made out of dust and clay like the rest of us, amen? Now, it doesn't mean that you discard everything he says. Clearly, you should give it weight and, and value as, as somebody who's been speaking to your life for many years. But uh, you have to take everything that's, that anybody says, including me, uh, not with a grain of salt and suspicion, but uh, with a, a hesitancy to confirm it first from the Word of God, and then you can accept it. So if what I say is, is found in the Word of God, lines up the Word of God, then fine. You, you can and should accept it. Amen. But if what I say uh, does not line up with the Word of God, it's my, if it's my opinion or if it's just my thoughts about something, then, uh, you know, there's times when Paul talked about, I don't have, I do not have uh, a, a uh, uh, commandment from the Lord, but this is what I think. Well, that still carries a lot of weight. I mean, it's Paul. You think he, that just in his own self, probably had some pretty good ideas that maybe the Lord didn't tell him specifically, but he, he still had that idea about something. It's probably a pretty good idea, amen? And as long as it doesn't violate any other uh, aspects of the scriptures, which of course it doesn't, uh, then, then uh, we should accept that, amen? So we find the balance. We don't worship man. We should never worship a person. We should never worship a pastor. We should never worship any minister. People have accused me of, of worshiping Kenneth Hagin, which is just funny because if you knew what I think about Kenneth Hagin, I love Brother Hagin, I love his teaching. You know, the Lord has called me to follow his teaching, amen? You know, and what's wrong with that? His teaching is timeless. It's, you know, it's the Word of God, amen? Uh, and uh, I don't follow him because I, I didn't really know him. Uh, you know, we met once or twice, shook hands, he laid hands on me once or twice, but he didn't know me from Adam at all. You know, no, my brother, brother Randy did know him personally and knew him well. Uh, people uh, think I was like, well, no. In fact, we'll talk about it when we get to the next few verses here. There's nothing wrong with that, amen? Uh, and so, in fact, really just as a precursor uh, uh, of the following verses, you know, if you're not following anybody on the earth, you're probably not following the Lord. Uh, and, and Paul talks about that here later on. Because people, some people act like, you know, you shouldn't follow anybody. Just follow Jesus. I follow Jesus. I'm a Jesus follower. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, if you're not following anybody on the earth, you're probably not a Jesus follower either. You're probably following your own flesh and carnality. Uh, and so, uh, because I'm, you know, I follow after Brother Hagin's teaching, but I also follow after Brother Randy because he's here on the earth. Amen. Uh, and there are other ministers I follow after, uh, but, um, but Brother Randy is living and breathing, amen? I don't worship Brother Randy. Uh, I don't even agree with everything Brother Randy says, you know? The you know, vast majority of things I agree with, but there's probably one or two things, minor things, you know, that uh, I may see it slightly differently than hid. It's not even worth bringing up. It's not even worth arguing about, amen? Uh, and so that should be a normal, healthy thing to do. Now, it doesn't even mean I'm right. There's a very good chance I'm wrong. Uh, not much of a chance, but there's a little chance I'm wrong anyway. That he he's right and I'm wrong, uh, and, and and that'd be fine. Amen. If I, if the Lord, as long as I keep my heart open, the Lord will show me that this thing right here. You need to adjust your thoughts and line up with what Brother Randy is teaching there. And so uh, that doesn't just diminish. It shouldn't diminish uh, my thoughts of Brother Randy if we have any disagreement about things. Because we'll, like I said, when we get to that part, we'll talk about it. So we should forget those things in the sense of. Uh, of any wonderful things that the Lord has done for us in the sense of, of reliving the glory of that. And that's the key, is you don't relive the glory of, oh, you remember that one service, right? Uh, because, you know, the, the way the Lord operates, we see oftentimes that, that it's times and seasons, that there'll be times when it's an amazing uh, season of, of spectacular moves of God and, and people running around the church and swinging with chandeliers. And, and really the 90s was that time, right? And it's... Uh, you know, our church 
we were the running church. In fact, that's what Dr. Dufresne called our church. Oh, you go to that running church, right? Because, I mean, he, he would just say, boo, and pff, people would be running around the church, right? Uh, you don't see that as much anymore in, in, in the church. You still see that some, but it wasn't like it was back then, amen? Well, is that wrong? Is that bad? I don't know that it's wrong or bad. I think it's just times and seasons. Will we get back to that? Well, we shouldn't be trying to get to back to anything. We should always be moving forward. If the Lord wants to reintroduce that into the church, that's fine, but we shouldn't be doing that because that's what they did yesterday because that was needed then to, to kind of break the, the, the rigidity of the church. And the church was so stuffy and so boring and so, so, so rigid in everything they did. It was helpful to, to introduce a little bit of, uh, of uh, 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 freedom into the church, amen? And that was expressed oftentimes in the natural realm by people running and swinging from chandeliers. And, and again, that doesn't mean that they don't do that. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, if you did it today, I bet it wouldn't bother me a bit. Amen. Uh, and, um, and so, and we go to some search services where those things are going on and, and we'll hook up with that and, and enjoy those services there as well. And so uh, it, it, it's just uh, different times and seasons. Amen. Uh, but we should always be moving forward and not reliving yesterday. And so that's the key. So if, if these things are introduced, because Brother Hagen talks about things, he said, all these things we're seeing now, we did them in the 30s. So it was like 60 years between when he was doing them in his church as a pastor to when he was doing them in his, in his major meetings. 60 years it had transpired. And so there was a long time where it, it was just things like uh, the healing revival occurred, the charismatic revival occurred, the teaching revival occurred. And then it went back to the Holy Ghost meetings. And so it was, you know, there was many decades in there that other things were going on. Uh, and in my sense is the Lord is preparing us for uh, some new things that will be happening uh, by, by making sure that we're grounded well in the word. Uh, and, and that's always been the, the fallacy of the church is we're so ungrounded in the word that when major moves of God occur, we forget the word and we start having these carnal meetings, amen, and, and people just lose, lose sight of the word. And, and it seems like every generation does that, that we... We get, you know, some amount of, of uh, doctrine, stability there, and then some spectacular thing happens. We forget everything we were ever taught. And, and if we would just not do that, I think the Lord could come back quicker. But it seems like he has to dial it back down and reintroduce some teaching to the church, get people back uh, sane again, uh, and, then, and then move forward. And so, so let's just always move forward, amen? Uh, if we had wonderful meetings, that's great. We can enjoy those. We, we can bring them up every now and then, but let's not try to, we can't recreate those meetings, amen? We can't recreate the 90s, we can't recreate the 30s, we can't recreate the 80s. Uh, we, we create our own uh, uh, life every day, amen, according to the Spirit of God, according to what He wants to do. Uh, and so, uh, the, and there's just one other point, turn, turn over to Hebrews chapter 12, one other point I wanted to, to bring out about this. Now, if we choose not to forget, if we have a hard time, I just can't forgive, I just can't, forget what they've done. You know, Paul said, forgetting those things which lie behind, right? And we talked last week about, you know, how do we do that? How do we forget those things? Well, one way is to, is Paul said, uh, think on these things, right? Philippians 4, 8, what several things are true, honest, just, pure, lovely, a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. So you can think on these things, which is, which is better than thinking on what somebody's done to you. But some people just struggle with that. Some people struggle with uh, I can't believe what they did. And if you, it, you know, uh, uh, if you look at our, our logo up there on the wall, one of the things that we want to do is to reach the lost, but also reach those that have lost their way. 
There are a lot of people in a church who just won't go to church anymore because of what somebody did. A pastor did, or Sister Doodad did, or somebody else did in the church, and they, they can't forget it. Uh, and, you know, to me, that's such a, uh, I mean, I, I, I'm not trying to be unkind, but it's such a lame excuse. Because that's telling, that's telling uh, somebody saying, uh, somebody else is controlling my life. You're not going to control my life. If you want to be the worst person in the world, that's not going to keep me from the Lord. It's not going to, it may keep me from that church, but I'll just go to another church. You know, if you're going to be so mean that uh, you run me off from church, and I've, I've heard, uh, you know, I've experienced some of that stuff, but I've also heard some of the uh, worst stories of that too, where people are just in the church to be so mean, amen? And, and just, uh, it's, it's, it's amazing sometimes how mean people can be in the church, Amen. Uh, anybody ever been to a church where somebody was mean to you at church, right? And so uh, if, if you've been to a church more than once or twice, uh, that may have happened, amen? Uh, well, are you going to let that keep you from following the, the plan and will of God for your life? People do it all the time. Why? Because they won't forget. They, they just won't forget what so-and-so did. And they'll just lump everybody together. Well, every pastor should be shot. Every church should be burned. And they'll get bitter about it. And that's, what, that's really the issue here. Hebrews chapter 12, it says in verse 14, follow peace with all men uh, as long as they are perfect and nice people. Is that what it says? Follow peace with all men. Italicized, so it means that uh, it really says follow peace with all. So that, that means women, we have to follow peace with you too, which makes it a little harder, of course, right? Because, you know, being at peace with women, it's just, it's tough sometimes, but Follow peace with all men uh, and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness spring up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. If you refuse to forget, it requires diligence to forget. Amen. Uh, when, that, when that thought comes up, you have to be diligent. No, I refuse to think about that. Uh, and of course, uh, as we've talked about many times, if you want to train yourself to forget, you be aggressive and you pray uh, blessings upon whatever person that comes up in your heart about any evil thing they've done to you. Uh, you always forgive them, always ask the Lord for blessings, because oftentimes it's the enemy of mankind reminding you about that because he's trying to stir up those emotions in your life. Well, the last thing he wants to do is for you to pray for somebody. And so if every time that thought comes up, you pray for blessings for their life, increase in, in, in prosperity and health uh, and soundness of mind upon them and their family and everything that they, they lay their hands to, those thoughts of them uh, just evaporate eventually, amen, and, and your, your thoughts towards them just go away. Uh, but it requires diligence, sometimes for, for minutes, right? I mean, you shouldn't be dealing with this 10 years from now, amen, a year from now even. You know, people say, I'm, I'm working on it. Well, how long has it been? It's been a year. Well, you're not really working on it. I mean, a year is probably even way longer than it ought to be. It's not that, you know, those things won't come up on occasion, but uh, they should, they should uh, drop off very quickly in your life. There's no time frame. I don't have a time frame, but if it's still a year, if it's five years, you know, Brother Hagen tells a story when he became a pastor of a new church. It was a new church, but he became the new pastor of a church. <clears throat> uh, this lady came up to him and said, Brother Hagen, you know, before you hear it from anybody else, I wanted to tell you about what, what uh, this one woman did and how she stole my boyfriend. Uh, and so she went on about, on about how 
you know, she'd done this thing to her. And he said, well, when did this happen? So she started counting one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. He thought he was going to say like eight days ago, eight weeks ago. She said it was eight years ago. And she said, I, you know, I, I forgive her, but I never will forget what, what, what that person did, you know, to me. Now, and he said, he said, ma'am, now he's a brand new pastor, right? He said, ma'am, you're a bald-faced liar. <laughs> you haven't forgiven her. Because you've forgiven her, you, you know. Now, now, I'm not sure I would have been that bold, you know. And he, and he always said he wasn't that bold. That's pretty bold, though. Look at somebody who's called him a liar. Uh, and um, that's what he said. Uh, and he, later on, he found out that, that that lady and that fella had gone on one date. And she was crazy. And he thought, I ain't never doing that again. And he got, ended up hooking up with another, uh, another uh, woman in the church. Uh, and it had nothing to do with her. It just, you know, she was crazy. And he didn't want anything to do with her. And so uh, that was the truth of it. But, of course, nobody, uh, uh, oftentimes people like that, they have no... Uh, self-awareness wasn't me uh, it was hundred percent you amen uh, but so there's diligence because if you're not diligent then you can fail of the grace of God the grace of God is there to help you forget the grace of God is there to help you move past that event amen yeah, and a lot of times people will talk about you know, they get into psychology in the church and they get into how you know your life today is built upon the the, the wounds and the in the scars and the in the the um, the, the travails that you've had and the traumas that you've had, even as a child, they're still affecting you today. No, that's not biblical at all. And I don't buy psychology. I don't live by psychology. I live by the Word of God. If He says I can forget it, I can forget it. If He says my heart can be healed, my broken heart can be healed, then my broken heart can be healed with no scars or wounds. And don't buy into the psychology of the world. Don't buy into the psychology of the church. That you have to remember that your that you're today is formed by all the experiences, good and bad, that you had yesterday. No, my, my today is formed by what the Word of God says I can be. Who, who it says I can be, that's how I'm formed. Amen? Now, I'm not formed by my failures or successes of the past. I'm formed by what the Word of God says about me. Because I'm going to be diligent uh, in that area, and I'm not going to fail of the grace of God. Uh, when you fail of the grace of God, they're just like, well, this is... You know, I just can't get over that, that trauma. And people talk about trauma they had. And, and look, there's real terrible things that happen to people. Amen? Awful things that happen to people. Uh, you know, abuse, sexual abuse, emotional abuse, just uh, terrible things that have happened to people. And so we don't make light of those things at all. But I, I, I can't tell you how many people I've go through trauma and that defines that, you know, whatever they had, then that's their ministry. So if, they're, if they were a drug addict, then they're, then they're ministered only to drug addicts. And they think, well, that, I'm called to help drug addicts because I was a drug addict. That, that has got nothing to do with nothing. Amen? Uh, because that tells you that, that only drug addicts can help drug addicts. In fact, that's what they tell you at some of these meetings. We go to some of these meetings sometimes, and, and they tell you, well, you know, you need to find you know, a sponsor that has gone through, that's walked your, in your shoes has been there, has done that, that has failed like you failed. That's the last thing I want is somebody that's failed like I failed. I want somebody who, who came up against the same thing I came up against and succeeded in not failing in that area. How'd you do that? How'd you avoid the failure that I, I experienced? That's what I want to know. And they'd say, well, I, I was right at that doorstep and I fell on my knees and I prayed to the Lord and I spent time in His presence and I was able to gain the spiritual strength to walk through it without ever falling. That's how I overcame. Okay, that's what I'm going to do. I don't want to follow some guy that's, well, you know, I've, I've failed, but only one less time than you have. Well, that's not helping me a whole lot. Amen? And look, I understand, you know, that's, that's the, those, those programs are helpful to people, and I appreciate them. 
but the doctrine is poor. The, the doctrine is you don't need, you're not looking for people that have failed so some of the follow. You should be looking for people who are successful to follow them. doesn't matter if they've ever failed or, 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 or have never failed or have failed a thousand times. Uh, what matters is are they successful? Uh, and so, uh, because otherwise, we're not following the word of God. If we, if we have to find people that have failed like us, that that's who we follow, that's, that's, that's completely unbiblical. In fact, Paul talks about that here shortly later on in Philippians. But, but uh, he continues on here uh, that if you fail of the grace of God to forget, to forgive, to move past your yesterday, he said that a root of bitterness will spring up and trouble you. A root of bitterness. How many people do you know if you, if you mentioned something about somebody a thousand years ago? You just like, I'd sooner shoot him as see him, you know. He's like, well, when did that happen? When we were eight years old on the playground, you know, it was Tommy, he, you know, Tommy, he, he jumped on me, and, you know, it's like, what? You know, you were eight. Uh, uh, anybody got in fights when they were eight years old? You know, I used to get in a lot of fights when I was eight years old. Uh, and so, but you, uh, bitterness, it's there. And, and some people have observed that uh, the further they go on in Hebrews uh, 12, 15, the meaner and the, 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 the worse they get until they're just a shriveled up, bitter old prune of a person by the time they die. And a lot of people die cursing God because it's so bitter because God didn't strike them dead and they're bitter at God. God didn't curse them because they did that thing to them. God hasn't, hasn't uh, caused them grief and anguish and uh, and and cursed them with sickness and disease and poverty, and God has not uh, uh, struck them dead because of what they did to them, and so now they become bitter at God. And, and oftentimes people will become bitter at God because they think he should go down and just curse somebody on their behalf because of something they've done to him. And, and the, original, the original event uh, may be real, but a lot of times what happens is the original event becomes uh, so big in their minds, it's not even close to what really happened that they build up an entire universe. And if, you, and if you dig through all the layers and find out what was the real, what was the actual thing that well, they slided me at church? You know, they sat in my chair at church or they took my seat that belonged to me at church. And now they're so bitter they, and, and they would be so embarrassed to even tell you the root cause of their bitterness and yet they've allowed that root to, 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 uh, to gain a foothold into their life. And, and, you, and you know, uh, if you go down and, and you, got, you see a little acorn and it's just sprouted in the ground, you, go, you don't even think it. You go pull it up and it's no big deal. But you wait till it becomes an oak tree. Wait till it becomes a red oak tree. And, you know, the roots then will be as wide as this sanctuary. You know, that, that, uh, there, there are massive amounts of roots. And trying to get that pulled up, is, it takes a lot more effort and a lot more spiritual energy then if it's just a little twig and you walk by and just you don't even think about it, you just pull it up and, and just move on. But, but the reason why people do that is because they fail of the grace. The grace is there, but they don't want to use it. They, they would rather relish in their, in their bitterness and, and just stay that way. And we all know people like that. They start getting madder, madder. And the thing is, they become completely, totally self-centered. Nobody comes sees me. Nobody does anything for me. Nobody loves me. Uh, and, you know, I've had family members call me. You ever had family members call you? You don't ever, you know, you never call me. Uh, well, uh, what am I doing right now? 
Am I not calling you? I mean, you know. And I had one do that one time, and I said, uh, I said, how old is your child? It's like eight years old. It's like eight years old. I said, the last time you called me was the day they were born. That's not the last time you picked up the phone and called me. It's been eight years since you called me. I wasn't mad about it, but, you know, they're fussing at me. It's like last time I checked, uh, phones work in both directions. Don't they work in both directions? They work in two directions, amen? Uh, and it wasn't like I was mad at them or anything, but, but um, uh, you know, just life happens, amen? Uh, and so, but they're bitter at me. They never saw, they, even when I, when I so, so that's why you won't call me? No, I'm just making a point that you're fussing at me because you're saying I haven't called you, but you haven't called me. So, I mean, What's the deal, right? I mean, why, why are you bitter at me? I ain't done anything. Uh, but people, they, they have uh, so little self-awareness about uh, how everything in their life, the more bitter they become, the more everything becomes about them. Uh, and that's this, this normal uh, selfishness of the flesh, right? The flesh always wants to be the center of attention and everything be about them. But you know, the thing is, if, if you will be a, a servant, and always trying to find a way to help, it's never about you. It's always about everybody else, amen? And, that's, and we're all, aren't we all called to be servants? But see, the root of bitterness will, will spring up, and it says uh, it, it will spring up and trouble you. You, know, you ever seen people that are just troubled all the time, right? They're just, they're, their minds are racing. They're in a bad mood all the time. They're just hateful all the time. They're grouchy all the time. They're, just, they're troubled people. Why? A root of bitterness. And if you go all the way back, you know, sometimes there's a smallest little thing. Uh, you know, some pastor did something sometime, you know, somebody said something. And I'm not even saying, I'm not sure they're not justifying the original action of what occurred. But if we forget, we should forget, right? It happened. It's terrible. It shouldn't have happened. But we move on. But what happens, we build an altar for that event. And then we've, after 50 years, we've got this ginormous altar. It's 100 stories tall. Well, where'd that altar come from? I have no idea, but it sure is big. And, and they, they have a hard time even remember what was the original cause of that. And people have feuds with people for, for years and decades and family members and stuff. Uh, and uh, I mean, I've got a big family. There's always wars and rumors of wars in my family. Somebody's mad at somebody like all the time, right? And, and, I, and, and sometimes I'll call them. Well, why haven't you called? I'm calling now. I mean, you know. Last time I checked, phone works in both directions, amen? Uh, and so I'm not mad at anybody, but, um, you know, you're going to fuss at me because I'm not calling you. I'm literally talking to you right now. Uh, and so, that, well, so am I going to respond? Well, I'm never talking to them again. No, I'll just call them when I feel like calling them again sometime. And, and, and so uh, it's, uh, I'm not going to have any root of bitterness uh, because, uh, number one, the Spirit of God will always show you if your heart has turned in the wrong direction about an event. And he'll show you that's a root. You need to pluck it up right now. Pray for that person. Ask the Lord to bless them. Make sure that you've forgiven them a thousand times if that's what it takes. Uh, but really, one time, it should be sufficient. Uh, and, and if you'll do it right, if you do it by faith, see, then, then uh, generally speaking, I don't, I don't forgive somebody over and over and over again. I do it by faith the first time. And the next time their, their, their name comes up in my heart, I'll just pray for them. Lord, I've already forgiven them, and I've asked you to, to remove everything uh, from their account that they've done to me. And so now I'm asking, asking you to bless them and increase them. Uh, and that way, that root of bitterness gets plucked up, right? Because it says, first of all, it troubles you. And it says, thereby many be defiled. 
you think that your bitterness affects only you? You can affect other people. Many can be defiled or made unclean, right, uh, uh, by, by those things. Uh, and the word uh, defiled can mean corrupt, made unclean, polluted, and poison that corrupts. You know, you can poison other people with your bitterness. Uh, and, it, and, it's a, and all of it comes because you just won't forget. You won't forget. If th- that you had major trauma growing up, that's terrible. It it's, should not have happened. And, and you know, my, my um, uh, uh, I don't want to say pity because that sounds condescending, uh, but my empathy uh, is for you in that. You know, I, I care that that, that it happened, and I wish that it hadn't happened. But I'm not going to build air castles around your childhood trauma or the trauma that happened yesterday or five years ago or whenever it was. I'm not going to join in with you on that. Uh, uh, you know, I've had, like I said, a lot of people that I know will, will build up their lives around that trauma, that now their ministry is to that trauma, and, only, and, and they will go help other people in that trauma. Uh, and, and, well, why don't you go help the person that the, uh, maybe you've had that trauma, but you've never been an alcoholic. Why don't you go help alcoholics and say, look, I've never been an alcoholic, uh, and here's how I avoided being an alcoholic. Be successful like me. Uh, you know, that uh, you have just as much capacity to minister to those as you do to minister to the people that have, have experienced the same thing you have. Uh, and to think otherwise is saying that Jesus himself was unqualified to minister to anybody because how many failings did Jesus have? He had none. Uh, and so that, that's why I, when, when people, when I go to those meetings in, in support of people, I don't go to meetings, you know, because I need to uh, get over something like that. And, but even if I did, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but I go in, in support of other folks. Uh, and when they say that you, that you need to find somebody who's walked the same walk that you have, then uh, I'm thinking, well, then Jesus is unqualified to be my sponsor because he never failed. Now, the Bible says he was tempted in all points like in a man, just like I was, but he never failed. Unfortunately, he's disqualified from being a sponsor because he never failed. So it's just, to me, it's, uh, you know, I, I got no problem if, if, I got no problem with people doing that, but I think that, that being a requirement is an issue because it's not biblical, amen? And we should always strive to follow the biblical principles, amen? Nothing wrong with saying, hey, you, you did that. How'd you get out of that? You know, I got no problem with that, amen? Because I, I would rather have everybody help me and ask that person how you got out of that, but that I'll also ask the next person, how'd you avoid that? How'd you never get into that? You know, you had the same path I had. We were best friends growing up, and yet you turned out just fine. And we've had people, you know, uh, we've talked about a lot of the experience that we had uh, with my pastor, and we've had people come to me and Chris and say, how'd you all avoid not being like me? I'm so bitter and broken, and and I, I just can't be successful in my life because of the experiences that they had that were very similar to ours with my pastor. Uh, and they, they wondered at me and Chris about how we avoided all that. We avoided it because of uh, uh, Hebrews 12, 15. We, we never let the root of bitterness uh, gain ground in our life. And we burned it to the ground every time it tried to rise up. We f- refused to be bitter. Uh, and, and, you know, as a pastor, uh, I, I did learn from my pastor about some of those things because I saw him get so bitter about m- many of the things that he experienced where people would be so unkind to him and so mean to him, so hateful to him. And, one, one lady went up to him and said, 
if you, the Spirit of God told me, if you don't hand your church over to my husband, he, you will die. Now that's, number one, I can't imagine the Spirit of God saying that, right? Uh, I mean, just, I, I just, if the Spirit of God told me that, I'd say, well, Lord, you're going to have to tell them that. I, I'm not going to tell them that. You know, you go tell them that. Uh, I'm not telling them that. There's no way. You, you're going to go tell somebody that? There's no way. It doesn't sound, it doesn't even sound like the Holy Ghost. It sounds like a usurper, right? Somebody who's trying to take a position that doesn't belong to them. Because, you know, the best thing in the world is to have a church that you don't have to do nothing to do to create it. You just walk in and you've got chairs already, electricity turned on, you've got a stage, you've got lights, everything's all set up. You just walk in and take over. Wouldn't that be nice? I mean, we've been building this church for, for as long as we've been here, right? Since 20, uh, 2010. So we've been working on this church for 13 years, right? And if we're here for 50 more years, we'll be working on it for 50 more years, right? There's always something to do, amen? And so, not that it's just never-ending, but it's just there's always things to do. And, and so, um, wouldn't that be nicer to just walk in and it's all done? Amen? Uh, and so, uh, uh, but, th- but they said that. Well, he got so bitter about everybody. He, he basically said that everybody that walks in that door is going to stab me in the back someday. That's bitterness right there. That's just total bitterness. But how many church members are the same way? I'm never stepping in, you know, uh, uh, in a church ever again. I mean, whatever, you know, then you can never grow up. You can literally never grow up. I'll still love the Lord. You don't love the Lord. He said, if you love me, what? Keep my commandments. He said, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. I'm never going to church again. Then you have forsaken the assembling of yourself together. And you think that you, you are not required to follow the word of God because of something that happened to you. Well, welcome to the human race, amen? Uh, and so it, it's not, you know, sometimes we, we kind of have to, you know, I mean, it may, uh, maybe, maybe the tone sounds a little direct here, but we have to be shaken into reality sometimes because so, we're so used to being coddled and said, it's okay, honey, it's all right, you know, you'll get over eventually. No, you need to tell your, your body to shut up. You need to tell your flesh to shut up. Paul said, I keep my body under. I keep my flesh under. When your flesh tells you to do something that doesn't line up with the Word of God, you just I'll go to every service, you know, and I'll get there early. I'll stay late if that's what it takes. That's what you should do, right? If, if the thought comes to violate the principles of the Word of God, then double up on your commitment and diligence to do what the Word says and, and never allow your flesh to, to, to override, uh, override you. You know, all those years with, 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 uh, with my pastor, all those years, right? Uh, we had many years that were wonderful. We had many years that were just terrible. We never missed a service. We never just stayed at home and go, we're just not going today. We never visited another church. We, we stayed there. Well, why, why'd you stay there? Because that's where the Lord had called us. Amen. Why did he call you there? Because it was necessary for us to be there to help them. Uh, and that was a primary, you know, we're always, you're always where you're at to be a help. Amen. And, and unfortunately, we couldn't help as much as we would, li- would have liked to, but that's where we're called. Everybody wasn't called to stay. A lot of people left, and, and, I, and I don't fault any of them for leaving. I, I, I suspect that many of them, the Lord said, you need to leave while you have some sanity left, right? <laughs> so, but we had to stay, and we did. We, uh, not a single time did we ever lay out uh, of church. Not a single time did we ever visit another church hoping to find a better place. Now, and so it doesn't mean we, went, we made it every service. I did travel some for work, and so I would have to miss on occasion. And was never, you know, terribly sad if I had to miss church sometimes. You know, it's like, well, i got to be, you know, in Toronto or somewhere. And sorry, I can't make church. But, uh, I mean, you know, I was a human being and didn't always enjoy getting beat up uh, all the time. And so, 
But uh, I did live in Hebrews 12, 15. I will not let any root of bitterness spring up and trouble me and thereby poison other people. Uh, you know, I've had lots of people come to this church uh, and, and like the first service they were there, maybe second service, service they were there, maybe second service, start saying how terrible their last pastor was. And I remember one in particular, they were telling me that not now, I'm not saying anything, right? But they're telling me how terrible their last pastor was. And I'm thinking, well, I'm just going to be on the next list. You know, I mean, it won't be long before I'm on that same list because clearly nobody is perfect. Uh, and if you're going to come here and tell me how sorry your last pastor was, just like when you, you know, if you're looking for a new job and you're, you're in a job, you don't tell the, you, in the interview how sorry your current boss is because they're not going to hire you because they're, they're thinking, well, if you're saying that about them, you're going to say that about me in just a little while. Amen? Uh, and so... So uh, be careful, amen? Be diligent. It requires diligence. It requires effort on our part to avoid this, and we, and we should, uh, amen? Because the, ter- the worst thing in the world is to see a, a, a valuable human being waste away, be of no value to the Lord Jesus and to the church because of their bitterness. And the people that are that way, they're of no value to anybody because everything is about them. And what somebody is, it's all about them, 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 them. You need to grow up and move on and... and, and and allow the grace of God to help you get past that. And see, then you can be a happy person, regardless of what, what's gone on. Amen? You know, if I don't tell anybody what, what Chris and I have experienced, they think we've lived a, 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 a super easy, never any problem kind of life. We've never had any problems to deal with. Uh, and, and <laughs> I mean, even in her job, she's had like, the, she worked for the devil. One time she worked for the devil's brother, but one time she worked for the devil himself. Just the worst person, absolute worst, screaming at her. But you never tell it looking at her, you know. She's not one mope around, oh, you know, I had to boss, you know. Well, when was that? Well, it was 18 years ago, Tuesday, you know. Well, what, what, where's he at now? He left the company a thousand years ago, but, you know, it still hurt my feelings. And, and, and all the training they get now, just like, oh, I mean, I just, It'd be really, I mean, uh, I'm thankful that I'll never have to go back into the corporate world. She's there, and she has the grace of God to deal with it, but I just couldn't do it. I mean, all the, all the snowflakes and the cupcakes that are in there, I mean, you can't say anything, and they just crawl up in a fetal position and cry because of what somebody said. And, uh, and I did make a, a person cry on a team one time when I was uh, in, in, and all I did was say, well, you said you were going to have that done. You, you should have done what you said you were going to do or tell me that you couldn't do it. You know, and they just heard crying, and, and people, you're a terrible person. And I, that's about as, I didn't even say it mean. I wasn't even mean, you know, uh, I wasn't even mean about it. But if you tell me you're going to get it done, and then you don't get it done, and don't tell me you're not going to get it done, well, then you should have done that. You know, it, it's not good, uh, it, you're not being a good employee or not a good team member if you just slack off on your job. And then, uh, and look, I mean, people always have way too much work to do. That's fine. But don't commit. Just say, I don't know when I'm going to get it done then we'd have to go on plan B, right? And, and so, but don't tell me you get it done tomorrow and then you, just, you know you're not going to get it done tomorrow, but you're just do, saying that to appease me. It just makes things worse. But uh, anyway, so I wasn't trying to make them cry, but, uh, but, but they did. And, and, so, uh, and uh, so we need to live in Hebrews 12, 13 and be thankful that the grace of God is there to keep us from being bitter, Amen. And the grace of God will help you forget. And the grace of God will help you to live a life that you're full of joy today. Uh, and, and, you know, a friend of mine one time said that uh, a prophet had come to town and prayed over a bunch of people 
And when they prayed over them, they said, all the emotional trauma that, that you're going through, all the emotional problems you got right now is because you had a, uh, when, you're, when, you're, when you were birthed into the world by your mother, it was a traumatic birthing experience. Therefore, you have all these emotional problems today. I said, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And they got, so they got their feelings hurt. Well, I don't know why they got their feelings hurt, you know. But, you know, it's a, the reason why they got their feelings hurt because when they said that, immediately they built a giant golden calf. This is my golden calf of emotional trauma. And I worship at the golden calf of this emotional trauma that I've got. And, and I don't have to get rid of this emotion, this, this golden calf. And I get to worship at it. I get to pet it. I get to feed it, even though it doesn't eat because it's a golden calf. But I still get to look at it and lick it and touch it and do all these things with it. And it's my golden calf. And, and when I said that's the dumbest thing you ever heard, I kicked over the golden calf. And people don't like it when they kicked over the golden calf. You ever notice that? You know, part of my ministry in life somehow is to kick over golden calves because it's like, well, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. You know why that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard? Because it was the dumbest thing I'd ever heard. Because what that, what that prophet or so-called prophet was saying is you have, you have no ability to live your life today according to the word of God, that you are constrained to live. You cannot live by the word of God because of the way your mother birthed you into this world and the word of God has no impact in your life and the grace of God cannot change you into who you should be. And that's what the, what the prophet was telling her. It's like, well, that's, that, that's not biblical. You get to choose the life you live today, happy or sad. Happy, it's your choice, happy or sad. Well, isn't it dependent on my experiences? Nope, it's dependent on your faith. It's dependent on your choice, happy or sad. Didn't Jesus uh, in the Old Testament say, this day I put before you death and life. Therefore what? Choose life. Choose, you get to choose. It just killed me. I guess you made a choice, right? Therefore choose life. So it's a choice. You get to choose the life you live. Amen, it's not, it's not, Psychologists will tell you you cannot decide. The, much of the church will tell you you cannot decide. You are a product of your environment. I am a product of the Word of God and the Spirit of God. I'm not a product of my yesterdays. I'm a product of, uh, you know, when I, when I got saved, as I started reading the Word of God, I was so thankful because as I read the Word of God, I thought, Lord, I get to, I get to pick. I get to choose the person I become because I had seen so much failure in my family. I'm not trying to run my family down at all, but just divorce and struggles and drug addiction and, and, and arresting and, and, and suicide attempts and, and alcoholism and, and just terrible things all the time in my, in my family's life. And left to, left to its own natural course, I would be exactly that way, without exception. Because uh, scientists would tell you that pretty much the way a family goes is the way everybody would go in that family. And you'll see some families, but everybody in the family is drug addicts and, and alcoholics and, and, and struggling in life. And you see some families that everybody in there is a college degrees and doctors and lawyers. And well, why is that? Because as the family goes, the, those familiar spirits that are over that family will tend to drive that family in that direction. It's not always the case. There's always exceptions. And I ended up being an exception to the rule because I got to choose. Uh, and when I saw the word of God it gave me so much joy because I realized I get to choose. I get to choose the person I've become. I get to choose the person I am. I'm not, all the experiences I've had are interesting and they make for great stories, right? I mean, you know, a lot of times people like, I've had people come, yeah, that really didn't happen to you. Well, yeah, it happened to me. I can't believe you put up with that. Well, you know, I did, but it's the way it is, amen? And so, uh, I'm surely not a perfect person, and there's always room to grow, amen? But um, remembering your past 
or someone else's past will, always, will only trouble you. It's only going to bring trouble into your life. Amen? Uh, and so uh, you, you should be able to live a life where you go for days, weeks, and years without thinking about what somebody did to you. Uh, and, and it takes diligence to get to that point. Amen? Now, the good news is you can. Anytime you want to, you can. Amen? It doesn't mean that you have to make them your best friend. It doesn't mean you have to reconcile a relationship with them. You know, there's a lot of people I've forgiven that I, I will probably never have a relationship with them all the natural days of my life. You know, just not interested. Amen. Now, and um, I'll tell you about this one fellow. Uh, we, we were at church together, and I've told you this a little, uh, uh, sort of parts of the story before. But um, uh, when we first started going to church there with my pastor, we became good friends with another couple in church. And we were close friends, going over to eat at their house all the time, playing games all the time, just enjoyed each other's fellowship. And uh, he had done, been doing some work for somebody that I knew, and that person came to me and said, hey, uh, he's not got that done. Uh, could you find out when, he, when he's going to get that work done? I said, sure, I'm his friend. I'll go ask him. I said, hey, hey uh, so-and-so uh, mentioned that work he was doing for him. They just want to know if you know when you're going to get that done. And that's about how I asked him. Well, you thought I'd stabbed his cat, you know, ate his dog or something. I mean, they just, he just got so offended at me, and he just shut down. I mean, just would not even talk to me. He was on the praise and worship team. I was on the praise and worship team. I ran the sound. He, he played uh, one of the guitars uh, and um, would not even talk to me. I'd go up and say, hey. He wouldn't, even, he wouldn't even say, hey. Just nothing. You remember that? A year. A year went by. Same church I'm going to. Playing, I had to make sure that his instrument sounded good in the, in the system. I never did. You know, I didn't, well, I'll show him. I never did play any games like that. But a year wouldn't even talk to me in the same church, raising hands. Oh, I love you, Lord. You're so wonderful, Lord. Except for that guy over there. I hate him, you know. And, and I didn't even do anything. And, and uh, after a year, he started talking to me. After about a year, you know. And, but even then, it was always very short. And, and it, took, it took him years to get over this. Now, I only asked him one question, literally one question. Never did anything to him. Never lied on him. Never, never betrayed him. Never did. All I did was ask him a question that was a very, very valid question. And I didn't even know, I didn't know it was a thing. I didn't know that, you know, oh, you know, I didn't go up to him and say, hey, you know, uh, you don't be lazy and, and not do this work. There was no accusation. There was no intent of, of any kind of, uh, I wasn't implying that he wasn't doing anything. I wasn't implying that he was stealing. There was nothing. Just, you know, a friend asking, hey, someone said you're doing this work. Do you know when you're going to get it done? Just about like that, right? And just the worst, a year. And this was so several years went by. And, you know, eventually, you know, he kind of at least thought a little bit towards us. And, and, and then he kind of wanted, you know, hey, it should be nice if we could be friends like we used to be. Well, it wasn't, it wasn't that I didn't want to be friends, but I had other friends by that time, right? I mean, you know, we were busy and doing other things with other people, and it just you know, just didn't click because, you know, it just wasn't there. It, it, it wasn't, wasn't out. we were, weren't bitter against them, weren't mad about them. But he even told me one time, he said, hey, I want you to be my friend. And, and if you ever see me doing anything wrong, you know, please tell me. And I said, I'm not doing that. That's the job of the Holy Spirit. I am not your Holy Spirit. And, I, and because if he was doing something wrong and nobody called on it, he'd blame me. Well, he, he, he saw me doing it, you know. It's not my fault. It's his fault. He didn't tell me. Um, that's not my job. Amen. You know, your job to be somebody else's God or Holy Ghost. Um, and, but he had, a, he, I mean, he had a root of bitterness on a mousetrap, right? I mean, he just leaves a little thing and bam, you know, he's got this giant root. Where'd that come from? 
Well, you know people that way, just, you know, got this hair trigger, and then they'll cut you off, and, and you know, like, what'd I do? I didn't, you know, uh, it's just, uh, we need to grow up, amen, as a church, and, and live a life that's, that's pleasing to the Lord. We should actually act like Christians, like, all the time. You know, it'd be okay to actually act like a Christian all the time. Uh, but uh, we need to stop remembering our past or somebody else's past, because you're only going to bring trouble upon yourself. And he said, thereby many be defiled. You will poison other people. And I have seen lots of people get poisoned because this guy will tell this person over here about something that somebody else did, and now they're poisoned against that other person, and they don't even know if it's true or not. You know, I've, I've, I can't tell you how many times I've heard people tell me stories about something, about somebody or some event. Oh, yeah, it's them, you know. Well, what's wrong with them? Well, you know, so-and-so said this. Well, but my experience has been they're just, you know, they're all right, you know. Now, look, and I, I know people, I mean, I know people in, in this town, right, in this town that, that uh, I would not trust them with my milk money. I mean, you know, I know them, but they're not my enemy. Every time I see them, you know, shake hands and how's it going, you know, no problem, amen. But I wouldn't trust them with a nickel. Just, you know, I've not because somebody something told me, but I've watched their life, amen. Like this person is not somebody I could trust, amen. Uh, and so, uh, but I'm not bitter about them. Uh, and... And I don't run them down, I don't gossip about them, and, and just leave it alone. And so uh, we need to use the grace of God, the power of God in us, to help us uh, avoid these roots of bitterness so that we can stay uh, in uh, the grace and the, and the faith of God. Amen? Because otherwise we end up uh, with all these things. And so um, we can go back to, to Philippians chapter 3. We won't get uh, any further today, but um, we'll just at least look see where we're going to go next week then. Uh, but it just, uh, that, that whole thing about bitterness, uh, the, thing that, the thing I think for me that as a, as a minister and even as a Christian, it just really bothers me to see people's life be almost wasted in, in the construction of these golden calves. And, and they wake up, and it's 50 years, 60 years, 70 years since that thing happened, and they're still living it, and they, what have they done for the last 50 years? What have you last done for the last 10 years, 5 years? What have you done for the last 15 minutes, right? To, to waste our time in those things is, is so, such a shame, such a, such a lost opportunity to be of great value to the Lord Jesus, amen, to assist other people and to be servants of the Most High God, and, and yet we've squandered that time by allowing these roots of bitterness uh, 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 in our lives, amen? Uh, and, and again, that doesn't mean that these things aren't real. Events happen, right? Terrible things happen. Event, uh, these stories are, are true they're true in the sense that they happen, factually correct, but they happen. But if you remember what we read, Philippians 4, 4 8, whatsoever things are true. Well, who defines truth? The Lord does, right? Not your experiences are not what defines truth. The Lord is what defines, is who defines truth. And so let Him define your truth. I'm a child of the living God. God loves me. His blood was shed on my behalf. That's the truth. Amen. Uh, and so, and look, if you were the cause, just like I, I was, in a sense, the cause of that fellow's bitterness, but it didn't affect me. You know, I just, I just go every day. I decided I'm going to act just like, uh, like he's my best friend. Hey, how's it going? I had a question for you. And sometimes I'd, I'd say, hey, I'm having a problem with the sound. You know, do you, do you got any ideas about how to fix this thing? And sometimes he wouldn't even answer. And so I'd repeat it. Hey, you got any ideas about how to fix this thing? And sometimes he'd just, no. Okay, just thought I'd ask. 
uh, and um, uh, and it's just the same. I just you know I ha- I, I hated that he spent a whole year and really multiple years in that bitterness against me. Uh, and, and, of course, you've heard the story, right? And it's a factual story. And you think, well, how petty is that? Well, it was, I mean, it was Ph.D. level of a pettiness, but yet in his mind it was a ginormous uh, infraction against his life, right? But that's the way bitterness is. The smallest little thing would set you off as, as you know, and we say, well, you know, that really wasn't that big of a deal. Oh, you don't, you don't, it was a big deal. It really was, it didn't sound like a big deal to me. It was a huge deal. No, not really, you know. And they get mad at you. No, you know, I think you were kind of, you know, blown out of proportion. No, I wasn't. Yeah, you kind of are, you know. <laughs> and so that, if you want to make somebody really, really mad, then you tell them that their problem's really not that big. Oh, yeah, really not big of a problem, you know. That's a small problem, you know. What? You don't know. <laughs> and so, but remember what Paul said? What did he call these afflictions? These what? Light afflictions, light afflictions, right? Light afflictions. So if it's a light affliction, easy to get rid of, right? Easy to take care of. Everything you've ever dealt with in your life, light affliction. Is that true? That's what the Bible says, amen? Well, you don't know what they did to me. Yep, it's still a light affliction. Uh, and so um, let's kick over some golden calves in our own lives, amen? You got anybody got golden calves? Some people got a whole herd. I got cattle on a thousand hills of golden calves right over there, right? <laughs> thousand ca- golden calves right over there, you know? Let's go cow tipping. Anybody gone cow tipping? I've never gone cow tipping. Is that a, is that a real thing or is that just a cartoon thing? I don't know. Uh, is that a real thing? You're, you're, yes. <laughs> okay, we got one cow criminal over here, right? So uh, cow tipping, right? So let's go cow tipping and you know, tip, tip over some golden calves that are alive. Amen? And so we'll, we'll continue on next week about pressing toward the mark. Because that's really, uh, we can't get to the mark if we, if we won't forget yesterday. Amen? Good, bad, or indifferent. We've got to forget yesterday so we can press toward the mark. Uh, and so let's pray and thank the Lord for his word today. So, Father, we do thank you for your word. And, Father, we thank you that if he says you, that we, that we uh, must do this, Father, then we can. If you said to forget, then we can. If you said to, to be diligent against every root of bitterness, then we can. And, so, Father, if you said to think on these things, then we can. Father, if your word says we can do it, then we can do it. Uh, there's no constraints about our experiences or our past or the events that people have brought into our lives. We can do it, Father. You said we can do it. The grace of God is there to do it. And our responsibility is to be diligent. And so, Father, we choose diligence. We choose your grace. We choose uh, the love of God and the forgiveness of God in every situation in our lives. And we thank you, Father, as we choose to follow your word. Your grace always rises up in our lives to strengthen us, to, to cause us to be successful and victorious in every area of, of our lives. And so, Father, we thank you for that. We give you the praise and the honor for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. Let's get ready to receive uh, our uh, offering tonight. And, and, you know, one of the things about, about all of these situations is make sure that your um, confession does not destroy your faith. Because I've heard lots of people say things like, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to get over it. I'm having a hard time with forgiveness. See, that, that's a bad confession, right? That, that's destroying any faith you have to say that it's not possible to walk by faith. Uh, you should say, I forgive everybody, everything. You know, I have no bitterness towards anybody. Amen. Yeah, but you've got to be honest about it. So come in, Mr. Jared, receive the offering. Uh, and um, this one friend I had, they were struggling for years and years with some sickness. Uh, and, uh, and just, you know, sometimes through intercessory prayer, you can get answers that you can't get any other way. And so I spent many years praying, Lord, you know, tell, what's going on with this person? Why, why can't they get healed? And they'd always tell you, I, you know, I, I, I always forgive everybody. And one time I was talking to them and said, yeah, I don't hold anything against anybody. I forgive everybody. 
but, but I, I just can't forget what that person did to me. And then, they went, then they, as soon as they opened up that spigot, uh, they just went on and on about all this bitterness are coming out of their heart, just all these things that people have done to them. And this person said this about them. And this person said that about them. And they can't forget this person. They can't forget, you know, I don't hold against them, but, you know, I, I just can't forget what they've done. And right in the middle of this, this, this monologue is they're telling me all these things. The Spirit of God spoke to me. And it's just almost like he snapped his finger and said, that's why they can't get healed. Just like that. It just that's why they can't get healed. And I saw it. And, uh, and they had all this root of bitterness that had, that, see, they had hidden. You know, don't hide it, amen? I mean, don't just live it loud or either, but uh, get rid of it, right? Burn the thing. That's what you got to do, right? Uh, and so, uh, praise God. Um, we, we need anything, Jared? Okay, I thought I saw Jared making a motion over there, so. All right, praise God. We can do this, amen? Oh, and we got, you want to see the advertisement there? We got an advertisement in one of the magazines there, so if you can see it, we'll show it to you there. Uh, and so, all right, uh, be blessed. Have a wonderful week, Lord. Kick over a golden cap, at least one this week, okay? We'll see you on Sunday.